Good evening, my family. Why don't we stand tonight? We sing some songs together.
make us holy ground. Come and have your way. There's a need in this place tonight that you have. That you have come in. And when Moses was walking in that wilderness and he saw that burning bush and he needed to hear that word from the Lord and he saw that burning bush and he, the Lord said that you're standing on holy ground. He needed a word from the Lord. And he, that, he saw that non-consuming fire in that bush. And tonight's that night where you can take advantage of this moment because you're in his presence right now. The Lord is here. He's very much present in this place. So what is your need tonight? Tonight, we're going to sing about chains breaking and fear falling. And we're going to go ahead and claim that over our lives. Amen? And if you need that in your life, tonight I say we're going to sing it together. So we're going to say chains fall, fear, amen, fear falls, and chains break. Come on and sing it with us, church. Say chains break. Come on, lift it up. Oh, we don't sing it. We're going to shout it. Come on, chains.
That, Lord, you would set the captives free. That, Father God, the fear that they've been living under would be dismissed in the name of Jesus. It would be dissolved. It would be just completely removed in Jesus Christ's name. That you would heal the sick and restore their bodies and make them new again, God. That, Father God, you would take away pain and fear and just, Lord God, uncurable diseases that would be completely healed by your power, God. Father God, we pray that, Lord, people would find hope right now because you are the hope of glory, that, Lord, you would minister supernaturally to us. So, Father God, I pray for everyone in this room and those online that, God, they would have that personal encounter with you right now. Father God, we're entering the time of the season where the world is focusing on your first coming. But we're focusing on that because you kept a promise and you're going to keep a promise of coming again to come and get your saints. And we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. So God, we thank you. We love you, Lord. We pray blessing over each person here tonight. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you came tonight. God's got a word for you tonight. And continue to just worship his glorious name. in our spirit of worship tonight, church. We sing a song that I hope and pray. Why don't you, why don't you stand to your feet with me? I know I... As we get back into our worship here, a song that has ministered much to my heart, and I pray that it ministers to you how it has ministered to me over the years. And it talks about being more like Jesus. And there's a verse that says, Lord, change me like only you can. Change me like only you can. This world is dying to know who you are. And it opened my eyes to something for somehow, somehow, some way. It's not like I've never heard that phrase before. I didn't know what was going on in the world. I'm not ignorant or blind to what's going on in the world when I first heard this song a few years ago. But I hope it just ministers to you to soften your heart and to truly desire a closer walk with the Lord. 
why don't you just why don't you just take like 10 or 15 seconds and bow your heads every head bowed and every eye closed in sanctuary why don't you pray to the Lord why don't you give him your prayer you know where you're falling short I know where I'm falling short
prayer so many times, Lord, for you to take away, Lord, this hindrance that we have, Lord, that has kept us from you, that has kept us from spreading your gospel, Lord, that has kept us, Lord, so many times from spreading who we are, Lord, because we keep getting in the way. Who you have called us to be, Lord, we will never, seems like we'll never cross into the promised land, Lord, because we are knuckleheads. But Father, we say, if more of you means less of me, Lord, let me spread your gospel, Lord, let me get out of the way, Lord. Get me completely out of the way, Jesus. And if you've ever said anything that resembles that church, tonight as we sing that chorus one more time again, I say, Lord, I just want to be all about you, Lord. I've gotten in the way so many times of your will, of doing your work, Lord. So, Father, I say, if more of you means less of me, Lord, I let my pride go. I want to make it all about you, Jesus. Come on, church. Why don't we sing that together? So, come on, sing it. If more of you. If more of you means less of me. Come on. Take every voice. Come on. We've all been there. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take Come on, let's sing it again. If more of you. Come on. If more of you. Take care. That's right. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take care. Lord, you deserve the glory and all the honor and all the praise tonight. So, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for spending this time with us and allowing us to be here with you, Lord. In this place, in this sanctuary, Lord, in this holy ground with you, Lord. That we would declare, Lord, that we do want to be just like you, Lord. To say, Lord, get me out of the way. We've come into this place, Lord, to learn more about that, Lord. How do we get ourselves out of the way, Lord? Not to teach, but, Lord, to take in, Lord, more of your wisdom. So thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for this time together, Heavenly Father. Now we pray over uh, our pastor, Lord, and the rest of our time here together with you, Lord. And we're so grateful, Lord, for the work that you're going to do tonight. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Church, will we celebrate what the Lord has done tonight? Amen. Hey, I know we've already greeted each other one time, but let's just do it again. Why not? What say you? Huh? <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah. Man, oh man, can we give God a shout of praise for showing up tonight? Amen. What a time of worship. <laughs> well, church, it's so good to see you guys tonight after the Thanksgiving break. 
I hope you guys ate a lot of food, watched some good football. There were some good games this week. Um, church, my name is AJ Cully. I'm one of the worship leaders here at New Beginnings Church. Um, again, welcome to New Beginnings. We're glad you're here. Um, I don't want to embarrass anybody. That's the last thing I want to do. But is anyone visiting for the very first time? Amen. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you guys coming up. And if you're joining uh, with us online for the first time uh, as well, we, we welcome you. Um, we have just a short few announcements for you guys today. Um, this Saturday, this Saturday, the Sisterhood is having a potluck brunch this coming Saturday uh, from 10 a.m. to 1130. Um, sisters, sisters in Christ, if you're women, yeah, if, you're, uh, if you want a fellowship, if you want to share some food, maybe uh, don't bring leftovers because that's probably no good anymore. But <laughs> make your favorite dish. Make your favorite dish or side and bring it here. And let's uh, allow you guys to just fellowship with each other, share each other's uh, life. Just share life. Um, worship everything that God has been doing in your guys' and your women's life. And encourage each other. Most importantly, encourage each other and build each other up. That's what we're all here to do. Um, but this... this uh, Women's brunch is, is specifically for you ladies, for whatever, whatever life is taking you. Um, so that's going on. Uh, a- Angel Tree, I believe you guys are still taking. We have 13 angels left, according to Pastor, Pastor Chris. So, yeah. Um, if you feel led um, to give the gift of giving this, this season, um, we still have, like Pastor Chris said, we still have 13 angels left, and those have to be turned in by, sorry, Friday, by this Friday. It's not too late. It is not too late. It is never too late to bless a kid with a gift, to share the love of Christ with a kid this season. Um, so if you're feeling led, if, if, if you want to go see uh, what they still have available, that would be super awesome. Um, I know the kids are going to appreciate you know, getting something this year. And last but not least, next Saturday, December 10th, is Parents' Night Out. Um, next, right, next Saturday from 6 to 9, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Parents, I'm sure you guys still have some Christmas shopping to do. Um, maybe, you, maybe you got a head start on that. Props to you. I, I'm terrible with uh, last-minute Christmas shopping, but if you still have Christmas shopping to do, or maybe you just need a, a break from Thanksgiving, or you just want a night out, uh, just the two of you, bring your kids. Our kids' ministry, our, our uh, children's ministry, is gonna, we're going to have uh, leaders here, uh, teachers, to take care of them. They have activities planned. They will be fed. They'll have snacks, I'm sure, um, and food to give them, uh, activities. Um, I'm sure they got lots of, lots of stuff planned, but... Um, that's available to you guys next Saturday, the 10th, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, and that's it. That's just those three. And then, of course, thank you for everything that you're, that you're doing, keeping the lights on, all the ministries that uh, come out from our church would not be possible without your guys' tithing and um, your giving being good. Yeah, no, give it up because it's all, it's all you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's a few ways to give. Um, I'm a digital kind of guy. I like everything at my fingertips. So you could go to our app, our uh, New Beginnings app, and give there. Or you can go online uh, to nbcabq.org. 
com slash give, or you could uh, send a text message um, to give. Or if you're old school, you like to have it physical and you, and you want to see what, where your money's going to, we have envelopes outside and I'm, I'm sure, uh, yeah, outside. Um, and then we have drop boxes at the, uh, on your way out of the sanctuary today at, uh, when we dismiss. Um, so thank you again. And why don't we give a warm welcome to our senior pastor, Pastor Richard. Thank you, AJ. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your warm greeting. Young people, right before I dismiss you, I want you to stay here for a very special presentation. I want to call uh, Pastor Sonia Cleveland and Chris to accompany her. Thank you, Pastor. Good evening, everyone. We just want to thank Pastor Mansfield. Um, and, and Pastor Cindy and all of you, the congregation, for um, supporting us. We have an award we'd like to um, honor you tonight. All of you that give, you guys support Under His Construction. So I just want to call up everybody that is a part of Under His Construction. Come up to the stage so you guys can see what an amazing difference you're doing in the community, whether you were a graduate, whether you came in. Um, this is what you're doing for the community. You want to present it? The lives that you guys are helping to give hope and um, transformation to this community. So you guys are the ones that are giving, giving this. So we thank you. And we present this beautiful award to New Beginnings Church of God. Generous support award. In appreciation for your outstanding support for Under His Construction. New Beginnings Church of God. Thank you guys so much. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. You all earned all this. You all are an amazing congregation. And thank you thank for you believing so in transformation. Here, I'll put this back in here so I don't drop it and break it. Right. And I'm going to let don't you. Don't hand it to them. Don't drop it. <laughs> thank you, Pastor. Thank you. God thank bless you, you all. Thank you all so much, men and ladies. Young people, you may be dismissed to your class. I just wanted you all to know you're a part of that, and God is doing a work. Guys, I, I want to thank, first of all, Pastor Michael for preaching last week, and David Sanchez for preaching on Sunday. They both did an amazing job. Uh, Cindy and I took some days off, and went down to El Paso to spend Thanksgiving with our daughter and her husband and her, our grandchildren. And uh, we had a blast, guys. It was really good. And uh, I'm taking the rest of this week off, but I was going to be back, and I said, man, I missed preaching. And some people said, we don't miss you, though. But I said, well, that's all right. I'm going to come back anyway. <laughs> no, they didn't really say that. <laughs> but uh, it really is good to be back. And uh but I'll be out of the office for the rest of the week. I'll be back in, on Sunday, and then next week I'll be back back in, in place. Uh, I just want you to know that I don't know if, look, I've got a granddaughter that's five years old, and she's always uh, reading these different books, and she was reading the book. I don't remember which book it is. Maybe you all remember, but it's Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Is that Snow White? Yeah, okay. And it's, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? 
And if some of us said that, the mirror would say, it's definitely not you, the way you're living. Man, you really want to know what your reflection shows? It sure isn't godly, that's for sure. It sure doesn't look like Jesus. And I was thinking about that because I was thinking when I heard her read that, I I thought about this and then I thought of this passage because it's really important that you and I take a really good hard look at ourselves and to see who we really are in sight of God, not other people, because people will tell you, oh, you look amazing, you look amazing, compared to what? Are you with me? Oh, you look so beautiful. That's not what the other person just told me. The other person just said, wow, what happened to you? You know what I mean? It's like, but the scripture tells us to really take a good look at ourselves. So I want to talk about that mirror, mirror on the wall and to see if we see our reflection. And when we see our reflection, if we see Jesus in us or if we see areas in our life that need to change. Open your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 18. We're going to start at verse 9 through 14. And it says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence and their own righteousness, and scorned everyone else. Verse 10, he says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. Now think of him. He's a Pharisee. He's all of that. And he's standing at the altar, and he's saying this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else here. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, oh God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray mirror, mirror up in heaven. You say that we are supposed to look at you and see the reflection of Christ in our life. Oh, God in heaven, might we see the reflection of Jesus in our life. Might we see the reflection of his glory in our life. God, I pray you show us how to get there. And I pray that you show us if we have any Pharisee in us. God, help us to humble ourselves. God, help us. For Lord, we know we need you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. See, there's really benefits of strengthening our weaknesses. We could be really weak in different areas. And there's weak points in our life. And 
those weak points can either really tear us down or they could end up really building us up. You see, when we really take a really good look at ourselves and we strengthen the weak areas of our life, what'll happen is you don't keep hurting yourself because many of us are hurting ourselves over and over and over because we're beating ourselves up and say, I'm no good, I'm no good for nothing, I'm just a piece of garbage, I can't amount to anything, I can't do anything right, I can't do anything. And you're constantly beating yourself down when the word of God says, don't talk like that because I'm gonna raise you up. You're supposed to humble yourself and say, you know what, God? I'm such a mess up, man, what's wrong with me? Forgive me, God, I just seem to mess up, but Lord, take my mess ups and turn them around for your glory. Let me rise up and rise up above these, and you're gonna bring beauty from ashes because, Father God, you are great and mighty. That's how you turn it around. Not only do you keep from hurting yourself, but when you strengthen your weaknesses, you don't keep giving the enemy ammunition to use against you. Did you hear what I just said? When you're constantly tearing yourself apart, you're constantly handing the devil words and motions and actions to work against you. Oh, I'm so dumb. I can't believe I did that again. The devil goes, oh, there you are. There you are doing it again. There you are. You're such an idiot. And he just messes with you and he messes with your head. The more you proclaim negativity over your life and you speak destruction over your life, the more the devil uses those very words to tear you down and beat you down and to tear you to pieces when you are at a point that you can't even raise your head anymore. Another thing we need to realize is that when we work on our weaknesses, it enhances your strength. You get stronger in your strong points and you get even stronger with your weak points. Because your strengths get stronger because you go, man, God, I know where I'm good at and I'm gonna keep doing good with that one. And Lord, I know where I need help and I'm gonna focus on that, but I'm gonna do great for your glory and I'm gonna move forward and you really get to really be able to advance more. Another thing is you remain humble as you grow. Because I don't know about you, when I mess up, I don't sit there and go, I messed up, I messed up. I go, man, Lord, I can't believe I messed up. I'm an idiot. God, please help me not to be an idiot anymore. I humble myself before you because I blew it. Now, God, raise me up. Raise me up so that, God, I can soar like an eagle. Raise me up, God, as I humble myself. You, your word says you will exalt me. You will raise me up because I know I can't do it without you because every time I don't hold on to your hand, I fall flat on my face. But God, when I hold on to you, I soar like an eagle and I live victorious. So God, thank you for who you are. You see, in your humility, you grow and you get stronger. And another thing you develop well-rounded maturity. You start getting mature. You realize, hey, no one's perfect. Now, that's not an excuse, but it's the explanation of what you just did. You explain, wow, I'm really dumb. I messed up. I took my eyes off of Jesus. I'm like Peter. I was walking on water, and I changed my focus, and I went down. How many times have you changed your focus and lost your focus and refocused on the wrong thing, and you went down? And you just need to get back up. 
You need to learn from that and say, you know what, that happens sometimes, and you help other people. That's why as parents, we could help our children and our teenagers, and sometimes our teenagers say, oh, mom, dad, you don't know anything, and they think we're complete idiots, and we're really not. We were complete idiots because we used to act just like they're acting now, and we learned from it and you're trying to teach them and help them, and you're trying to educate them, and you're trying to let them know, look, I've grown and I've matured because you know what? At one time in my life, I was so out of control, nothing mattered, and now I realize a lot of things matters, and you're one of the things that matters in my life because you get mature. You're well-rounded, well-rounded maturity. You realize what's important in your life, not only you and God, but people around you and people that you love. So then how do we strengthen our weaknesses? How do we get there? How do we look at our weaknesses and strengthen them? Well, the first thing we do is we've got to take an honest look at ourselves, warts and all. Take an honest look at yourself, warts and all. In other words, sometimes when we look at our life, we just see the good side and we don't want to focus on the negativity. We don't want to focus on the mess up. We don't want to focus on that thing that everyone else is looking at. We don't want to, we just want to ignore it, like if it doesn't exist. Man, I'm telling you, if you've ever had a wart, that's kind of a drag. They're not really attractive. And people with warts are kind of like, how'd you get a wart? Were you kissing a frog or what? It's just kind of creepy. I've told you my story when I had warts. I had three warts on my knee. And we used to go swimming all the time. I already knew my wife. We, were, we grew up together, so I wasn't dating her or anything. But how, when you go swimming, you, your, your legs are exposed. And I had three warts on my knee. People would go, oh, what's that? So, man, I was like all embarrassed. So finally, I got the warts burned off. Now, when they burned them off, they left three big old holes there. Okay? Well... So happens that the day I got them burned off, the day before that, as I was walking home, a really good friend of mine, David Candelaria, was walking home to his house, and we live kind of in the same direction, and there was a ditch there, and as he was walking down the ditch, some guys jumped him, and as I'm walking and I catch up, I run over there, and I took those guys down, man, and I got them off of him, and so the next day, and they had a pellet gun, and they shot David a couple of times. And, and so the next day, I show up to the swimming pool, and my leg's all bandaged up. But it's bandaged up because I got three warts burned off. <laughs> so I show up there, but David's telling everyone, Richard Mansfield saved my life yesterday. Oh, they were jumping me and beating me up, and he got those two guys, and he took them down all by himself. And Oh, he's my hero. And so when I showed up to the swimming pool, everyone's there, Richard, Richard. And I'm like, you know, yeah, that's me. Yeah, you know. And they go, oh, dude, what happened to your leg? And David goes, did you get shot too? I go, yeah, that sounds better than having warts burned off. So I said, yeah, man, I got shot. So I take off the bandage, and there's three big old holes, and they're like, oh, man, ooh, pobre vato, man, poor dude. Man, that Richard's really a trooper. He saved David's neck, and he took three bullets for him. No, I didn't. I got three warts burned off. So Cindy, my wife, now is there. And she goes, oh, my gosh, Richard, what happened? I go, 
Oh man, I was saving David's life. And so, okay, now, later that summer, we started dating. Then we got married. Then we moved away to Corpus Christi, Texas. Now, this is years later, like six years later, seven years later. And I'm sitting outside with my neighbors that led me to Christ, and I got shorts on, and, and Felix, the guy that led me to the Lord, goes, dude, what happened to your knee? Because I had scars there. And before I said anything, Cindy goes, oh, Richard got shot three times, <laughs> saving David Candelaria. And I'm like, what? She's crazy. I had some warts burned off. And she said, What? You told me. I go, oh, Cindy, that was back then, and I'm not even the one that said it. David said, oh, you must have gotten shot, so I just went along with it. <laughs> I wasn't honest about my warts. Some of us are not honest about our warts, are we? Who wants to brag about their warts? Oh, I have warts. I'm all messed up. Just watch me for a while. You'll see how dumb I am. It's like nobody wants to brag about that. But if we just observe you for a little while, we'll see how dumb you are. Because all of us have warts, amen? All of us howl at the moon at night, right? When the full moon comes out, oh, you're weird. I'm weird. We're all weird. We have weird issues. Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Some of you got over some of the things, but you still have other issues. And we're not honest with it. We got to take an honest look and say, man, guess what? Ooh, I got warts. What a drag, man. I got warts. God, I have some warts in my life. Look what he says right there in Psalm 51, verse 6. It says, but you desire honesty. I, Cindy, I didn't get shot. I had warts. She's like, oh, you told me. Oh, well, I was a liar back then. You desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. So even when you're in your mother's womb, God wants you to be honest. But we even teach our kids how to lie. It's not like you sit there and go, now look, son, look, daughter, this is how you lie. But if the phone rings, you go, don't answer it, don't answer it. They go, I already said hello, I'm not here. My mom said you're not, she's not here. You're right in front of them. We're teaching them how to lie. See, he says, I, I desire honesty from the very beginning. Look what he says in Psalm 139. Look, this is a psalm that I try to read at least without fail once a month, but I try to read it more often, and I say it as a prayer. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God. That's heavy, man. You ask God to search you, guess what he'll do? He'll search you and know my heart. Oh, Lord. You're going to know what's in there, the good, bad, and the ugly. Test me. I don't test me, God, because I'll probably flunk. And know my anxious thoughts. Oh, your anxious thoughts are when you're all like stressing, like, oh, I hope they don't find out what I did. I hope they don't find out what I did. I hope they don't find out what I did. Point out anything in me that offends you. Oh, Lord Jesus. I hope it's not a super long list. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Oh, Lord, thank you. You got to be honest. Be honest with yourself. Take a good look at yourself and say, you know what? I got some words I got to deal with. 
I got to have some words I need to have removed. I've got some issues that I need to get rid of. Bring me to the second thing we need to do. If we're going to strengthen our weaknesses, we've got to realize the difference between admission and transformation. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. There's a lot of people that admit a lot of things. Oh, I'm so dumb, I did that. But they don't change. They think by admitting it, oh, what do you want? I told you already, get off my back. Oh my gosh, my wife is on my back constantly. I even told her what I did. What does she want? She wants you to change. Oh my gosh, my husband's all over me all the time. What does he want? He wants you to change. My mom and dad are constantly on my back. What do they want? They want transformation. They want you to change. They don't want you to keep doing the same thing over and over and over. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting something different. You're not going to get it. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. It just works that way. So we need to start really looking at ourselves and say, I can't just admit it. Okay, I admitted it. All right, get off of me. Man, it doesn't work that way. I'll never forget one time I was in the pastoring in the South Valley before we moved up here to the Heights. And uh, I was really ignorant how to do stuff. I didn't know what to do. And, and I wanted to add on to the building. And so I wanted to add on an office and a, a, a storage room for food and for the pantry. And, uh, and someone told me, oh, you're just adding on. You don't have to get a permit. Like, orale, that's cool. Well, guess what? I had to get a permit. And they gave me a ticket. And they said, you have to go to court. So I went to court. And I'd never been in court. I'd never been in trouble. And here I am, and I'm standing before the judge. I don't have an attorney. I don't have anything. And the judge goes, how do you plead? Now, I was ignorant about the court system. So I figured, I, so I said, I plead guilty with an explanation. That's what I said. And the judge goes, oh, pastor, I don't think you understand how it works around here. And I go, I guess I don't. They go, if you say guilty, there is no explanation. (laughs) You're saying you're guilty, it's over, now you're going to be tried, and now you're going to be sentenced. It's over. There's no trial. I go, what? I go, what am I supposed to say? Say innocent. But I have to explain. He goes, if you say innocent, you get to explain, and then we get to decide if you're guilty or not because you're innocent until proven guilty. And I said, orale. (laughs) So I said, I'm innocent, Your Honor, with an explanation. (laughs) And then I got to give my explanation, and the judge probably felt sorry for me and said, oh, my gosh, get this idiot out of here. All I know is I won and didn't have to pay the ticket, and I got to finish the building, and it's happily ever after. But it wasn't just about admitting it. It was about doing something about it. Go and get the permit now. We're not going to fine you. We're not going to put you in jail. We're not going to make you pay a big old fine. But go get the permit you need and then go finish your project. So guess what I did? I admitted it and then I was transformed and I did what I needed to do and I got to finish the product. And I got to look back and go, yeah, look what the Lord has done. See, we don't understand that we think just admitting it is enough. All right, Dad. All right, Mom. What do you want? 
A right husband, a right wife, what do you want? Oh, well, I'd like for you to make some changes. I was a wino diner and dean bag. And Cindy would go, oh, Richard, you drive me crazy. I know I'm a wino diner and dean bag. Well, quit being one. Well, I don't know how. So I kept being a wino diner and dean bag. Until Jesus got a hold of me and he said, if you want me to, Richard, I can change you. I go, you can? He goes, yeah, let, just watch, step out of the way, and I'm going to, and he grabbed a hold of me, and I surrendered to him, and he transformed my life, and he made me into a new man of God. That's what we need, transformation, not admission. I'm glad you admit it, but get transformed. Repent. That means don't do it anymore. It means do something about it. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, it says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Did you hear that? Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So how many of you, when you start going to sin and you start thinking about sinning, God stops you in your track and he says, you know, you're messing up. And you go, yeah, I know, but it feels so good. He goes, no, stop it. Verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling who? Who? Yourself. Everyone else knows you're messing up. Except you, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at you, all right. Oh, I'm living perfect, I'm perfect. Hey, I haven't seen brother so-and-so in a while. Where's sister so-and-so? Oh, they violated. Oh, they weren't doing anything wrong. Yeah, they caught him with a dirty urine. Oh, but they're perfect, they're not doing anything wrong. It's like it comes out, your sin will find you out. We need to change, verse 23 For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. It's just like looking, oh, yeah, yeah. And you might look in the mirror and think, I look good until you look really close and go, I got, I'm about that scary. I need to do something. I need to either get rid of the wart or hide it with a lot of makeup. See, we've got to understand the difference between admitting it and being transformed by it. Amen? And bring you to the third thing I want to say. If we're really going to find some real transforming power in our life to heal and strengthen the weaknesses, we've got to treat our weaknesses as strengths in progress instead of unchangeable problems. Now, hear that. You've got to look at your weaknesses and say, this is a strength that's in progress. It's coming along. It's not quite there yet, but it's not an unchangeable problem. Oh, I'll never change. I can never change. I've always been like this. My family's always been like this. All the Sanchez have been like this. Sanchez's for five generations have been like this. All the Mansfields have been like this for five generations. All the, all the, all the have been like this. And you guess what? God can transform you and let you be the chain breaker and make a new beginning for your life and the generations that come afterwards. It's time to take authority and say, you know what, God? My weakness is a strength that I'm going to build up for your glory, and it's a strength in progress. It's not there yet, but I'm telling you, I'm getting there, and I'm going to hold on till I cross the finish line. 
God is going to give me the victory. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I can't change, I can't change. You can't change, but God can change you. Oh, I'm going to change my husband. The only thing you could change on your husband or your wife are their diapers. You cannot change someone. If we could change someone, don't you think, if you had the power to change anyone, wouldn't you go around going, I change you in the name of Jesus change. Please change. Change your attitude. Change your life. I know I would. I mean, you see people in the grocery store sometimes, it looks like they've been sucking on a lemon. You're like, oh, change in the name of Jesus. Right? Wouldn't you change people if you had the power to? I know I would. And people around me would want to change me. But God can change me if I put myself and position myself and say, God, I have weaknesses, but there's strengths in progress. So God, do your work in my life. Do your work so you transform me and you change me and you make me a new man. You make me a new woman and I bring glory to your name because of the changes that are taking place in my life. Look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 62. Verse 2 through 4. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory. And you will be given a new name by the Lord, by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see a splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken one, the forsaken city, or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight, the bride of God. For the Lord's delight is in you and will claim you as his bride. Man, God's going to just, he's going to show you off. He's going to show you off every place. Haven't you ever gotten engaged and you go, oh, this is my, this is my fiance. This is my fiance. Isn't she gorgeous? Don't look at her like that. Only I look at her like that. But isn't he handsome? Oh man, he's so fine. He blows my mind. Don't look at him like that. Only I look. Why? Because you are in love with them. God is saying, I'm going to prance you around and I'm going to show you and say, they are the city of my delight. They are the bride of God. Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, is going to come for his bride when he's going to take them into his presence because even in their weaknesses, they're in the progress of getting strong. That's what God's doing in our life, guys. And we need to allow him to do that. And it brings me to the last thing, that if we're really going to change our weaknesses and make them strong and be strengthened by them, we've got to surrender our weaknesses to Jesus Christ, his, his lordship. Lordship means he's the boss. Lordship means he's the king. Lordship means he's calling the shots. Lordship means he's in control. He's the one guiding and leading. When he says walk, you walk. When he says jump, you jump. When he says stay, you stay. When God speaks and he's your Lord, you listen to him and obey him. A lot of times people say, oh, let's pray that the church's ears be open. I always add to that. I say, Lord, let the church's ears be open and let them be obedient to what you say. Because we're not always obedient, are we, church? Come on, you know you're not. I know I'm not. There's times God says to do something, and I go, really, God, you want me to do that? I don't want to forgive them. They treated me mean. They've been talking about me. 
do you really want me to treat them nice? Oh, God, come on, God. Can't I slap them at least once? Just once. In a Christian kind of way, of course. Are you with me? Come on, haven't you processed like that? And you're like, hey, God, and God says, look, I want you to do what I'm asking you. And you're like, oh, Lord, this is a tough one. Hey, Lord, am I going to be able to do that? Lord, I want to obey you, but God, I don't know how. See, when he becomes your Lord, you don't get to negotiate with him. Look, for us old people, what do we tell our children and our grandchildren? Ooh, I can never talk back to my mom like that. If I ever talk back to my dad like that, he'd smack me across the mouth. If I ever talk to my mom like that, she'd smack me across the mouth. Nowadays, man, they're cussing us out. They're saying things that we're going, oh, my goodness gracious, where did that foul mouth come from? It's a different time, but God is not a different God. God is still holding the timeline. He knows time. He knows times have changed, but he's saying, I'm the one that could change it back to my glory. I could turn that city around and change a desolate city into a beautiful city. I could change a sinful city into a sparkling, clean city. We need transformation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We need transformation in Bernalillo County. We need transformation in New Mexico. We need transformation in the United States of America. We need transformation in this world. We are in serious peril, church. There's people dying outside our doors. There's people dying from from homelessness. They're freezing to death. There's people dying from hunger in a nation that's so rich. There's people dying from drug overdoses because people have said, oh, well, weed's legal now. So if weed's legal, well, then a little bit of this one can't be wrong. Now they're trying to pass laws to make hard drugs legal. They want to make cocaine legal. They want to make heroin legal. We already have a mess when they made marijuana legal. You go, marijuana's not legal. It's cannabis. Call it what you want to call it. It is really damaging our community. If you look at the stats, since marijuana became legal in our city, homelessness has increased. Poverty has increased. Violence and domestic violence has increased. It doesn't just chill you out, no. It causes people to use the money on the wrong thing. Then they're hungry, then they're poor, then they're not paying their bills. And it's causing great damage in our community. I'm telling you, God wants us to transform our community. He wants us to be the world changers. He wants us to be the ones that live it out for his glory and say, Jesus Christ is my savior because I've given him my life. He saved me from hell, but he's also my Lord. Now, whatever he says, I do. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 9 and 10. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. He's telling Paul, so now 
I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, Paul is saying. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of God can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's saying, you see, when I'm weak, people see, how did you rise up? How did you rise up from the ashes? And that's when you say, well, he made beauty from ashes. You see, there was nothing left of me, but God reached down and God. Man, those two words, but God. I was falling apart, but God. I was about to get divorced, but God. I was about to OD, but God. I was about to walk out, but God. I was about to give up, but God. I was about to run away, but God. I was about, I was about, I was about, but God came through, and he'll continue to come through, and he'll always come through for his glory. So we say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, because you are a God that loves and forgives and transforms and makes things new. So where are you now? Where are you, mirror, mirror on the wall? Stand in front of your mirror. Because he says that he's going to take our life and refine us as silver being refined by the refiner. There was a dear friend of mine, a member of our church, Albert Yazi. He's now in heaven, but he was an amazing award-winning silversmith. And he was making some jewelry and some, he made a hat band for my cowboy hat and stuff. And I go, Albert, I had never seen sheets of silver. And when you buy a sheet of silver, it's real dull. It's almost kind of gray, black. It's just, it's not very attractive. And I go, what's that? He goes, this is a silver, Pastor. That's what I'm going to use to make your jewelry. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. I'm like, wow. How does that work? And he showed me. And he goes, well, I'm going to take it. I'm going to start shaping it. And then I'm going to boil it. I'm going to refine it. I'm going to bring it to to put it in heat. And it's going to get all the impurities out. And I go, what? He goes, yeah. I go, and how do you know when it's ready? He goes, if you leave it in there too long, it'll get brittle and break. And if you leave it in there too, too little, it'll be all filled with still impurities and it'll be no good. I go, so how do you know when it's ready? He goes, when I can see my reflection. I said, ooh, that'll preach, baby. (laughs) See, God is refining us, and he's putting us in the fire sometimes. Sometimes we go, why am I going through that? Why am I going through that? Because he's wanting to see when you're finally going to cry out to him and say, God, help me. I can't do this on my own. I can't take this anymore. But you and I continue and insist on doing it on our own. We insist on saying, what am I going to do now? Turn it over to God. And then let it go. Let go and let God but it said whether or no, no, what can he do? He can't really, I've, I've already been trusting him. Try, he hasn't done anything. You never let it go. Let it go for goodness sakes. And let God do something great. Let him transform you. Let him make you new. Let him do something supernatural that you have not seen before. Let him take you and mold you and make you and take you and look at himself and he's going to see his reflection in you and he's going to go, oh yeah, my daughter's almost done. My son's almost done. I can see Jesus shining from you. 
It's time that you allow Jesus to shine in your life. So where are you today? Are there impurities in your life? Are there warts in your life that you need to come clean about? Maybe you've never even given your life to Jesus. If you've never surrendered to Jesus and you're like, uh, I don't, I'm not that bad. Oh yeah, that Pharisee said, thank God I'm not like all of them and like this sinner. And he left unjustified. <laughs> it was his arrogance that cost him. Some of you have never surrendered because you say, I'm not ready. What are you going to wait for? What are you going to wait for? Today, God is saying, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to do that today, raise your hand. Say, that's me. Pastor, I've never prayed that prayer. I want to pray that tonight. Anyone? Then I'm going to say, you and I, let's get real. Stand to your feet and let's get real. If you have words in your life and you need to come up to the altar and say, God, I've been trying to hide it with all kind of makeup. I've been trying to hide it and act like it's not there. But you know what's there. Ask God today to transform you. Don't just admit it, but ask for transformation. Say, God, I need to be renewed. I need to be made new. I need transformation. I need deliverance. I need to be set free. Ask God to let you be free. Remember the song said, chains fall. Man, fear is gone. Here now, we're going to trust you, God. We're going to trust you. Let God minister to you. What is he saying in your life right now? What is he saying that you really need to just surrender? Bring it up to the altar, would you? Let's sing this song as a prayer song, and then we'll close with prayer. second verse make that your prayer will you sing it say you are my life 
and my treasure. Sing it with us. You are my life and my treasure. The one that I can't live without. Here at your feet, my desires and dreams I lay down. So sing that one more time. Say, you are my life. You are my life and my treasure. That's right. I just want to say this one thing to encourage you. Right before Roxy closes in prayer, I just want to say this to you. There's a young man that went to court last week and he was facing five years and he thought for sure they were going to give it to him. But his life has truly been completely transformed. And I told him, trust God really believe God's going to give you the best and he ended up getting one year probation An amazing miracle but he's truly walking the walk there's a lady that just finished her radiation for breast cancer and they didn't think it was going to be real positive at the beginning and she's completely cancer fee free they told me today I'm just here to tell you I don't know what you're facing but as Roxy closes in prayer I want you to believe believe that God is going to see you through and meet your need but ask him for his will and not yours amen sister Roxy Heavenly Father you know sometimes we stand in this church and it's easy for us to believe the miracles that we read in the Bible. But sometimes it's harder for us to believe that those things can happen here in our lives. Would you help us now in this place recognize that you are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That the power that you had to set people free when you walked on this earth is the same power that you have today to set us free and to heal people and to change our lives dramatically. We are, we are not just lucky. We are blessed, Lord. Would you help us to remember that as we walk through life? 
Would you help us to recognize that you are the Lord and Savior, that you give breath, that you extend grace and love, that you are the same God yesterday and today, and you will be the same God tomorrow. Lord, give us strength to lift up our head and recognize you in all that we do. Lord, give us strength to walk through life and shine your light in a world that needs it. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done for us. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to sit here and hear another message that reminds us of how great you are and how much you love us. As we walk out of this place, Lord, let us not forget that you are Lord, that you are God, that you are still the same God that heals, that you are still the same God that sets people free, that you are still the same God that repairs marriages, you are still the same God that fixes finances. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Church, would you just go out and live his word.